Are you just barely holding on to any glimmer of hope? Or maybe clenching to the promise that the sun could rise on a brighter tomorrow? Maybe a little bit like Tom, you've been devastated. You've walked through seasons where life has not gone as you thought it would go, and you've been powerfully impacted by tragedy, even death. And it's not just happened around you, but it's gotten into you. When the world feels tragic, we start to feel hopeless and helpless and and it becomes unavoidable, right? Like we're in a season right now where this is, this is an unavoidable reality. There's tragedy around us. There's, you're feeling the tragedy. You're seeing the tragedy. You're feeling the reality of death. You're, you're seeing the reality of death, not just on the news, but even those that you love that are close to you. And here, here's what begins to happen when it gets close. It's not just that we see it or we feel it, but it gets in us. We start to wrestle with the the finality of death and the the pain of death, the the tragedy of death. And there's a darkness that comes with that, a darkness around us, a darkness in us, where we start to look around and we wonder, will there ever be a joy in tomorrow? Is there a future? Is there a reason to press on and go hard after tomorrow? And, and, And that darkness starts to cover every aspect of our life, where you carry it, you feel it. I I don't know about you, but I I feel it right now when I open up my social media feeds. I I feel it when I I read the news and it it can almost be hypnotizing, but but like Tom, it it can can start to get in you and you can start to go, man, where is God in all of this? Maybe for some of you, this is the moment you start to go, there can't be a God because he's nowhere to be found. If he was really there, wouldn't he show up? Wouldn't he just eradicate the sickness and the disease? I mean, where is God? I want you to know, in the story of God, as recorded in the Bible, there is that moment. God died and everything went dark. It was a tragic moment, a dark moment, a devastating moment. People left without God. People left in hopelessness, in emptiness, in darkness. Let me give you a quick recap of the story of God as captured in the Bible. It's this, God created everything. God designed the world to last forever. He created people to love them and to be in relationship with them. God wanted to be in relationship with the people he created, but people he created rejected God. The first man and woman, they just literally turned their back on God and walked away from him. And as a result, they walked away from relationship with God. And that relationship became broken and the world became broken. So God had to come to rescue his broken world. Jesus entered into our world. Jesus did amazing signs and wonders and miracles. And he taught us how to live with God at the center of our lives. He was teaching to bring us back into that relationship with God. But the people God loved hated Jesus. In fact, they conspired to kill Jesus. Imagine that. Jesus who creates life is killed. Powerful leaders and the crowds turned on Jesus and then basically murdered Jesus. Imagine uh, an eternal God 
put to death. The Jesus, the, the maker of light and the light of the world, buried in darkness. There are uh, a couple of eyewitness accounts of this recorded in the Bible. They're called the Gospels. And three of those Gospels are literally eyewitnesses to the moment where Jesus is crucified and then buried. The other one, Luke, is a, is a physician who is so amazed by the story of Jesus, he, he begins to research the story of Jesus and he writes out his own account after he becomes a follower of Jesus. And so I want to bring you into the story, into these moments because it, it, it feels different when you're reading it and you're seeing it. And so I, I want to bring you to this moment where Jesus is buried uh, because Jesus foretold it. He talked about it. He knew this moment was happening. This wasn't an accident. It wasn't a surprise. Jesus not only knew it was coming, but he foretold his own death. And so I don't want to just bring you to the passage. I want to show you what it looks like to see the dawning of a new day. His burial wasn't the end, but a beginning. His burial was like the planting of a seed. Let me read it to you this way as one of the um, eyewitnesses of Jesus' death and his resurrection recorded. Jesus was teaching as he was preparing to die and it was written this way in John chapter 12, verse 24. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the son of man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. See, Jesus' burial was the planting of that seed. And now it was preparing to emerge from the ground, but not just a single seed coming out of the ground, but ready to produce a harvest of forever life for many. Check this out. This is the moment where that, that seed emerges from the ground. In Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse one, after the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. And there was a violent earthquake for the angel of the Lord had come down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. And the angel said to the women, do not be afraid for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you, there it is. Jesus rises from the dead. And so I want you to imagine with me this moment, right? A seed held tightly in the hand, but then let go and buried in the ground. When you, when you let go of that seed and you plant it, what it looks like is it's being wasted. It's being thrown away. It's being discarded. It's being covered up and put into darkness. But what's really going on, right? What, what's going on is that that seed is being planted for the purpose of it emerging, right? The burial isn't the end. The planting isn't the conclusion of the seed's story. It's just the beginning. And that's what's going on with the life of Jesus. Now, when that's the life of Jesus, imagine what that can do inside of you and me, right? Think about a, a caterpillar. If a caterpillar had the awareness that it was gonna become a butterfly, do you think it would go through life uh, insecure about its weight or its diet or the fact that it crawls on the ground? No, it would embrace the cocoon. 
looking forward to the promise of becoming a butterfly. Imagine a seed was aware that it was a seed and that planting was the necessary process of it becoming what it could become. An acorn preparing for the oak tree. The caterpillar preparing to become a butterfly. Now, here's the key. Our destination determines our journey. When you know where you're going, it affects how you get there. You have something to look forward to. So how does this change our life? Well, we know that Jesus' resurrection changes us because Jesus' resurrection gives us something. It allows us to do this, to live forever. That's right, I want you to take a moment and just make note of that. In fact, I want you to lean over to somebody and say, I was meant to live forever. I was meant to live forever, but we don't live forever. And there is no fountain of youth and grief and the grave cannot be avoided. It's inevitable. In fact, it's a little strange, isn't it? That something so natural feels so unnatural as if it's not supposed to be this way. Well, that's because it wasn't supposed to be this way. God did not design us to die. God designed us to live forever. So why don't we? Well, here's the reality. Physical death is the consequence of spiritual death. See, you and I were born with something in us called sin. Sin separates us from relationship with God. And when we're separated from relationship with God, we experience spiritual death. But the end result of that is not just physical death but a forever judgment. And so God did not want the people he loved to go on living forever without him. So God came to rescue us. So God comes to earth. Jesus teaches us how to live with him at the center, but then he has to die in our place. And so Jesus' mission was to die, to be a seed planted. The perfect God paying the perfect and full price for the eternal death we owe for sin. But Jesus not only died, but in the wonder and the victory of the story, Jesus rose from the dead, the seed coming out of the ground, the body emerging from the grave, victory over death, victory over sin, victory over forever death. So that when you and I believe in Jesus by faith, we're not only forgiven of our sins, but God's spirit plants the seed of resurrection life in us so that now there's life inside of us. So we have the promise of forever life. The apostle Paul, a man who went around starting churches all across Asia and Europe, he wrote a letter to one of the churches that he started in the city of Corinth. And in it, he gives us a little picture of what it looks like to have the resurrection life of Jesus inside of us. And so he wrote it. And at the end of that letter, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I'm gonna start reading in verse 34, he gives us a little glimpse of what it looks like to have that life inside of us. Let me read this to you. But someone may ask, How are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And when you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable, but it is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. What Paul's saying in these words is that life that lasts forever must be planted in us. 
That's right. So the burying of a seed isn't a problem. It's a miracle waiting to happen. And when you and I believe in Jesus by faith, God's spirit plants a seed of forever life in us. It's like, a, it's like an acorn. If it's just on the surface, nothing is gonna happen. And in fact, you and I might be like that acorn. We refuse to get in the ground. We, we, we're scared of death. We're scared of the devastation of life. But when it's buried, something begins to happen, something begins to emerge. And that's what the promise that Paul is saying about the power of the resurrection life of Jesus is yes, it's planted in us. And as we go through this life, it's growing inside of us, but it's unseen. It's growing into our emotions, into our thinking, into our spirits. It's transforming us from the inside out. But in death, the acorn emerges as an oak tree. Could you imagine? It's almost hard to even think of what we will become in forever life. So what is this life? Well, I wanna give you a couple uh, thoughts. This life is the seed. This body is the seed of a spiritual body. This body is the acorn awaiting the oak tree. You haven't reached your potential yet, but it's not just that this life is a seed. This life is the slumber. When someone dies, we often have this thought of rest in peace as if we're laying them to sleep forever. We're not laying them to sleep. Right now we're in the sleep. Right now we're in the dream state. Right now we're in the slumber. When you pass from this life to the next life, you'll be truly and forever awakened to the life it was always meant to be, to the way you were meant to live. Then and only then will you and I be truly awakened. This life is the seed. This life is the slumber. And this life is the shadows of darkness. Right now isn't the light. Right now is the worst darkness you'll ever experience in eternity. When you pass from this life to the next life, you think that you're going into darkness. You're not going into darkness. For the first time, you'll truly see light. For the first time, you'll see an unimaginable light of beauty and wonder. You'll experience life in the light of God's love. So this life is the seed, this life is the slumber, and this life is the shadows. But right now we hold on to the promise that we are an acorn awaiting the oak tree life. And so we live differently today. In fact, the apostle Paul said that. As we continue to read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you get toward the end of that chapter where he explains that this resurrection life, this life that lasts forever, changes how we live now and in the today. Let me read this to you. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. How do these words impact us today? Well, it's this, that we have the resurrection life of Jesus in us and it changes our perspective on the here and now. So here's the point. We live for forever. That's right. We don't just live forever. We live for forever. We're not just living today to survive or even thrive in this lifetime. We are living in light of eternity and therefore we're living for 
forever. The reality is that there are things we're looking forward to. We have hope and we're desiring something that can only be found in forever, but too often we try to find it in this life. And so we look for it in habits or hobbies or in a love relationship, hoping that that will satisfy us in a way that only forever can satisfy us. And what forever is going to offer us, right? The, the full life of God in eternity is what will truly satisfy. And so we have to stop trying to find that satisfaction in this moment, trying to get out of today what can only be found in the life that God has for us in eternity. And then we begin to live for eternity. That's right, I wanna challenge you to look at every decision you make through this lens. Is Does this matter only for today or will this matter forever? Am I truly living my lives and making my decisions in light of forever? Eternity changes everything. We care less about ourselves and more about others. We care less about what everyone else thinks and more about what God thinks. We stop serving ourselves and we start serving others. We're no longer driven by selfishness, but we're willing to be selfless because that makes sense in light of eternity. Even pain and suffering look different through the lens of eternity. Why? Because suddenly suffering isn't trying to rob us of this life, right? It's not taking from us the preciousness of this life. It's a promise. The pain is a promise that we're being buried. The pain is a promise that we're entering the cocoon. In fact, it's, it makes us look forward to emerging as the oak tree, looking forward to coming out on the other end as the butterfly. We're looking forward knowing that eternity is waiting for us. And so we live this life focused on Jesus, focused on the fact that God has a purpose for us in this moment. He planted us here. We don't know how long God has us planted in this lifetime. We don't know how long the resurrection life of Jesus needs to be planted inside of us before it emerges out of us into forever life. So while we're in this moment, we live fully focused on God's purposes. How can my life matter forever? How can I be obedient to God? How can I do what God is asking me to do? This is the miracle. This is the beauty of having forever life inside of us is suddenly it changes how we live, how we treat others, how we spend, how we serve, how we help. Imagine you woke up every day and you prayed, God, may what I do today matter forever. Imagine you knew that you had the seed of resurrection life, of forever life planted and living inside of you. How would that change you? How would that change your perspective? How would that change the way you live today? How would that change how you view the news right now? How would it change your approach to devastation and even death, right? The reality is that this seed planted inside of us changes everything. Jesus died so that you can have new life. Do you have the confidence that you have new life inside of you? Look, here's the reality. God came to earth. Jesus came among us with the goal of dying in our place, of embracing our suffering, our devastation, our death. But more than just physical death, he took on our eternal judgment and he died in our place. He put to death, death. 
But you know, Jesus didn't just die. When he died, the seed was planted, but then it emerged out of the ground. He came out of the tomb in victory and in triumph so that he gave us life. And when Jesus rose, he rose for every one of us. He rose for you and he rose for me so that he could plant his life inside of our lives so that we could have forever life inside of us. And I want to make sure that you have that inside of you today. Do you know for certain that you have the forever life of Jesus inside of you? If not, would you make a commitment right now? Make a decision to be raised to life through faith in Jesus Christ. But don't just make the decision. Let someone know. Let us know. Let us know that you have been raised to life. Make that your declaration. It's a, it's a moment of triumph. I have the seed of resurrection life inside of me, and we want to celebrate with you. We want to cheer you on as you begin this new life in great relationship with God. But don't just receive it, and don't just believe it. Don't just let it be planted inside of you. For every one of us, we want that resurrection life of God to begin to grow roots, grow into our thinking, grow into our emotions, grow into our relationship, grow into our serving, grow into our giving, right? Because it changes everything. Stop looking for, for what can, is only in today to give you what can only be found in forever. What you can get that's temporary will never satisfy what you're longing for in forever. Forever life changes everything about our life today. We start living differently. We start thinking differently. We start interacting with other people differently. We're willing to give of ourselves. We're willing to give ourselves away. And that only makes sense if we're living for forever. And so we believe that this forever life changes our life. It changes our story. It certainly changed Tommy's story. And we're going to hear about that in, in a moment, right? Sharia, as you prepare to lead us, uh, in, in just a moment, we're going to hear a little bit more of Tommy's story, and we're going, to sing, we're going to celebrate with him as we hear how that forever life changed him, but we're also going to sing this out. And we're going to make this our declaration, right? We're going to be singing, All hail the King. And you know, and I know, and we know that when you get the life of God in you, you begin to look up to God for your hope and your help. And you know that God gives us the victory. And so we have reason to sing. And so would you, would you sing this with me? Would you make this your declaration? Don't you just sit there. I want you to, I want you to join us. I want you to celebrate with us. We're going to be saying all hail the King because we know that Jesus triumphed, that he gives us victory, that he gives us the win. And so we're singing and we're celebrating today. Sheree, would you lead us right now?